Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. Welcome to episode 41 of the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. As always, per usual, I'm your host, J.P. Sticko. This has been, I'll be honest with you, a brutal start of the week for me. The NCAA March Madness has ruined my week, okay? I had Alabama in one bracket winning it all. Obviously, they're still alive, but my final four, dead. My second bracket, my sleeper bracket, I had Marquette winning it all. Brutal, they're dead as well. Sunday ruined my week. But there is some big news in the NFL. We have team move up to number one. We've had some big trades um, being processed and being finalized as we speak. There's a lot going on in the NFL. So I decided that, you know what? I'm going to turn my mood around and I'm going to get on the podcast and I'm going to put a smile on my face and not think about Marquette for, you know, about 30 minutes of this podcast and just move forward for my week. Just put one foot in front of the other and push forward and try to enjoy the rest of this week. It's supposed to be like 85 degrees here tomorrow. Cannot wait for that. That should help my mood just a little bit. But thanks to Marquette, my week has stunk. I hope your week is better, but let's turn my week around with episode 41. If you're ready, I'm ready. Let's roll. So over the course of the last few weeks, we've seen the Carolina Panthers move up to pick number one when they traded the Chicago Bears. Pick number nine, pick number 61, a first round pick in 2024 a second-round pick in 2025, and their only star on offense, DJ Moore. Many people did not like this trade. Many people are arguing that they gave up too much. I, on the other hand, I do believe they gave up a lot, but living in Carolina, they needed to do something. This team is in the depths of hell in terms of how brutal they have been since they were in that Super Bowl, which I believe was what? seven years ago now um, when Cam Newton won the MVP and brought the Carolina Panthers to the Super Bowl. So they needed to do something here. So I think making this type of splash is huge for them. They have four quarterbacks that they can select from. Alabama's Bryce Young, Ohio State's C.J. Stroud, but also they could fall in love with Will Levis out of Kentucky as well as Florida's Anthony Richardson. So you know, according to a lot of reports that came out at first, everyone's like, oh, they're going to get uh, uh, Anthony Richardson from Florida. That's why they moved up, blah, blah. They don't want anybody to take him. I don't believe that. I think people are living in the past and still thinking that, you know, they want that Cam Newton type player on Carolina. And that's kind of what Anthony Richardson is in a way. He kind of resembles the play of Cam Newton, but he's not Cam Newton. I don't think they would have moved up to get Anthony Richardson that far. They didn't have to move up to one to get him. They probably could have waited at nine and then seen how the draft was going. And then if they had to move up, they could have easily probably have done that for about half of the cost that they spent to get up to one. So it comes down to, as ESPN has recently reported, they're really interested in the two obvious picks here, which is Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. 
Just to break down these numbers, in 2021, Bryce Young, 66.9% completion percentage, 4,872 yards, 47 touchdowns to only 7 interceptions. He had a passer rating of 167.5, and he also had 3 rushing touchdowns on the ground. He came back last year, and let's see how he did in comparison to 2021. He had a 64.5 completion percentage, threw for almost or more than 1,000 less yards with 3,328. He threw for less touchdowns with 32. He threw two less interceptions with five. His passer rating went down five points to 163.2. And he had four rushing touchdowns. He finished sixth this year in the Heisman vote. Now let's compare him to C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud in 2021, 71.9% completion rating, 4,435 yards, 44 touchdowns to six interceptions. This dude's passer rating, guys, in 2021 was 186.6, and he finished in 2021 fourth in the Heisman voting. He came back last year in 2022. His completion percentage went down to 66.3. His yards went down to 3,688. His touchdowns went down by 3 to 41, and he kept the six interceptions. His passer rating dropped a few, but it's still friggin' impressive at 177.7, and he finished third in the Heisman voting. If I was a Carolina Panthers, okay, you can't get this wrong in my opinion. I think both these guys are going to have great careers. My concern is everybody else's concern with Bryce Young. It is the size. It is his size. He is a small, framed dude. And if we know the Carolina Panthers, they have nobody on offense. So these defenses are going to have their ears pinned playing man coverage on the outside against what seems to be their number one wide receiver who they just signed last week, or sorry, a few days ago in Adam Thielen. They're going to play man coverage, and they're going to bring heat on Bryce Young. Now, they're going to bring heat on every quarterback. So I think C.J. Stroud, in my opinion, is where I would go here if I was the Carolina Panthers. I absolutely think they both have really good careers, but Bryce Young, in my opinion, he's got that fear factor a little bit in terms of the possibility of injury. So give me C.J. Stroud here. Now, I did a little bit more deep diving in where the Carolina Panthers could possibly be looking. And it all starts and finishes with who Vegas thinks is going first overall. So let's take a look at those numbers. C.J. Stroud on DraftKings is minus 225. And then it's Bryce Young at second with plus 225. And then Anthony Richardson at plus 350. So there's a huge discrepancy here between the Stroud and Bryce Young on DraftKings. So that is something to keep an eye on to kind of gauge who's going to go first overall. The Vegas betting lines, my good people, tell us a lot. And I think it's something in the fantasy world that we need to continue to monitor. You know, think about MVP, right? Like, think about who's going to win the MVP according to Vegas preseason. I mean, that'll tell you a lot about the quarterbacks that they believe is going to have a great season. So if you're going into a fantasy football draft and you are a dum-dum and don't do any research other than listen to this one episode, because obviously this is a fantasy 
podcast. So you better be listening to the rest of these episodes because I'm going to tell you exactly who to pick and when to pick them. But if this is the episode that you only listen to, go ahead and do yourself a favor. Go to DraftKings, check the Vegas lines on Heisman Trophy winners, and draft that quarterback because I guarantee those quarterbacks that are in the top three, top five will have great seasons if they stay healthy. So again, just to recap, Carolina Panthers traded their ninth pick. They traded their 61st pick, a first-round pick in 2024, a second-round pick in 2025, and their stud wide receiver, DJ Moore, to the Chicago Bears to move up to the number one pick. I truly believe that pick will be C.J. Stroud. On the other hand, Chicago is balling right now. They are making unbelievable moves left and right. They bolstered their offense. Even in this draft, right, with this trade, I'm sorry, D.J. Moore jumps and leaps and bounds better than any wide receiver that the Chicago Bears have. Fields finally has his weapon. I think the Chicago Bears are doing a great job defensively getting players on uh, trades and free agencies coming up soon. So I personally think Chicago Bears are going to be a much better team this year. But I also think the Carolina Panthers, when they draft their franchise quarterback, will be in a much better place than they were prior to this draft. Now I'm going to talk about a move that I really think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to regret greatly. C.J. Gardner-Johnson signed a one-year deal with the Detroit Lions. I really, really think losing C.J. Gardner-Johnson is going to make a huge difference for this Philadelphia defense. Given that C.J. Gardner-Johnson was literally like one of the top defensive players you know, on the market, he did only sign a one-year contract worth up to just $8 million with $6.5 million guaranteed. So in my opinion, despite what he is saying, so C.J. Gardner-Johnson is saying that, you know, it had nothing to do with Philadelphia, blah, 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 blah. This was just a, a move for me that I felt was more comfortable. Something went wrong because he just signed a a very easy deal that the Philadelphia Eagles could have easily had signed him for eight million six point five guaranteed for one year, but instead he takes that from Detroit. So we have heard some rumblings. You know, his agents are kind of suggesting you know that the Eagles lowballed him on like a long term deal, but he continues to say there's no bad blood with Philadelphia. Blah blah. That's a bunch of horse hockey. I think he got lowballed. I think he was pissed off. And I think he was like, you know what? I'm getting out of Philadelphia. If you don't want me for a long term, I'm going to go to Detroit for one year, show what I can can do. I'm going to ball out on a very good Detroit Lions team, and I'm going to sign a long-term deal somewhere else. This dude is an absolute ball hawk. He had six interceptions last year, but one thing that he tends to do is he tends to gamble a lot defensively. So, he tends to try to pick off a lot of balls that he doesn't pick off. Receivers catch it and they have a lot of yards after the catch. Now, with that being said, Philadelphia Eagles needed this guy to turn the ball over over for them defensively because that's the way they played. They played very good defense. They needed a guy that would gamble. They needed a guy that was a good at gambling, meaning C.J. Johnson, yes, he did 
C.J. Gardner-Johnson, yes, he did gamble a lot, but he also had six interceptions. He was, in my opinion, personally, the Eagles' second-best player on defense, obviously after Hasin Reddick, but I really think they are going to absolutely miss C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and I think the Detroit Lions are going to absolutely love C.J. Gardner-Johnson. The Lions also signed David Montgomery, cornerback Cameron Sutton, cornerback Emmanuel Mosley, and guard Graham Glasgow. This team, people, listen. Turn up your listening ears for a second. I was on the Detroit Lions last year. If you want to go ahead and listen to one of my first episodes, I think it was like one of my top 10 first episodes, I told you the Detroit Lions were going to be good. They were going to be competitive. And they were. And now they have the trust of the coach. Goff is playing good and playing better. They did lose Jamal Williams, which is going to hurt in the rushing game. That's why they went out and they side David Montgomery. Swift should be healthy. This wide receiver core is lethal. They stacked up on defense with two cornerbacks, and they also signed that offensive lineman. This Detroit Lions people, put it on alert, are going to be very, very tough to beat in 2023. You know, next I kind of want to talk about a huge fantasy asset that could lose fantasy value if you were to... I guess, get what he wants, and that's what he wants is he wants to be traded. And that man is Austin Eckler, the number one fantasy football running back from last year. He's looking for a new job, right? He requested a trade out of Los Angeles, and he's received permission to explore trade options. And this has only been happening last week, but there's been rumblings. Nothing's really picking up. He's not really picking up any steam from other teams. So we'll see where this goes. You know, Austin Eckler is on record stating that, you know, this has nothing to do with the Chargers. I love it here in L.A. He just desires to play for a team that values him long term. And I quote, I think it's really important to put it out there that it's not like, oh, I hate the Chargers and I need to get out of this organization and I need to leave. He said that couldn't be further from the truth. I would like to stay if it was under the right circumstances. Okay, so what, Austin, hey, buddy, what's the right circumstances, okay? You're running back. Have you not seen what's been going on with running backs? They are not signing running backs to long-term deals. You're in the most ideal spot for your type of, of, of run game and in the passing game. The, Sandy, the Los Angeles Chargers use you perfectly. Okay, I understand they're probably going to have a little bit different offense this year. But trust me, Austin, you're going to have all the opportunity to continue to be successful. Especially in terms of fantasy football. And obviously, he cares about fantasy football. You know, he's always uh, on podcasts about it. He's always tweeting about it. He's always on um, Instagram and posting videos. He even just posted one, I think it was last week, where he said, uh, year one, uh, ne- uh, sorry, uh, number one fantasy running back. Uh, back-to-back loading or something like that, he said. So, Eckler, if you're, if you're listening to this, my friend, I would love to have you on the podcast. Um, but, you know, I, I think you are better suited where you're at. Now, I totally understand it, my dude. Go out, get your money, do what you got to do to support yourself and your family. But I'm telling you, you will not find a better spot than you currently are. Now, what are some landing spots that Eckler could be looking at, right? You got the Chicago Bears, Washington Commanders, Miami Dolphins, Baltimore Ravens, the Buffalo Bills. 
who just signed a running back yesterday. I I don't I don't get it. I just don't understand. I, I think Eckler's in the right spot, like I just mentioned. I think the Chargers are the perfect uh, spot for him, both in fantasy and in his career. They use him right. Um, I would like to see them sign Ezekiel Elliott. So if the Chargers go out and sign Ezekiel Elliott, he could do all the pounding inside. I get it. Eckler's a touchdown machine in the red zone. I'm not saying don't use him in the red zone, but, you know, Give him a rest, rest him so he's healthier down the stretch, which the head coach came out and said he was going to do this year. It's kind of give him a little bit of a breather. I think Zeke Elliott pounding the middle of the uh, field for the Los Angeles Chargers would be a great idea moving forward. So again, I personally do not think Austin Eckler is going to go anywhere. I don't think anybody's willing to spend the type of money that he's looking for on a running back. You know, he does have some wear and tear on him. He did have some injury concerns earlier in his career. So I get it. He's all out of that. He doesn't have that injury, you know, tag on him anymore. Um, but he is a smaller running back. They do tend to wear down. So Eckler, my dude, trust me, stay in Los Angeles. And lastly, I want to talk about a guy that just played on a franchise tag. Okay, this guy is a big dude and a very good offensive lineman, a very good tackle, and his name is Orlando Brown. And I quote, last year was really hard on me just because of the worries of injuries and the worries of maybe not being there long term or the relationships you build in a locker room and around buildings, around the building, those types of things kind of, they mess with you a little bit. And it didn't necessarily affect my game, but it definitely was something that was on my mind and my heart. Orlando Brown, Kansas City Chiefs decided that he wanted out of Kansas City. So he went out and he signed with another unbelievable offensive team in the Cincinnati Bengals. He signed a four-year, $64.92 million contract with a signing bonus worth over $31 million. You know, Brown is a great, great combination of, you know, a good contract for a very talented player. He's very good, guys. If you don't know anything about Orlando Brown, he's very stout against the pass protection. He's a big guy. Okay. He is very big, but he's very good in pass protection. He does struggle a little bit, you know, with the quicker rusher, rusher, so guys that can get around the end quickly, but he brings a great power to that run game. So I think this is a great ad for the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, if you think about how the Bengals want to play, this is kind of an ideal tackle for them because Joe Burrow is a pocket quarterback, right? He likes to step into the pocket. So this means that, you know, even though Orlando Brown may be beat to the outside, he can recover because Joe Burrow will find the pocket, which will allow Orlando Brown to cover. So I think this is an absolute steal for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think this will make the Bengals that much better in 2023. That will put a bow on episode 41. I have to go in in a second and grab my daughter out of ballet. This has been a very good episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I gave you some information, some fantasy tidbits, especially on Austin Eckler. But next week, we will continue to talk about the offseason. We'll be continue to talk a little bit about rookies, uh, the draft. And then hopefully, definitely after the NFL draft, we'll really, really buckle down with fantasy football. As always, it's been a pleasure. Peace, love, and fantasy football.